Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Four minutes past the hour here in our nation's capital, Linnell Willingham. Here with you on the fan till 3.35 this afternoon. Before I dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, they're out at Nats Park getting ready for Nats and Braves. That's a 405 first pitch. We were just talking about the Nationals, who are quite relevant right now after the breaking news uh, to start off this afternoon in our radio program here today. Ken Rosenthal, MLB insider for The Athletic. The headline reads, Juan Soto rejects $440 million offer. Nationals will now entertain trading him. You can read the full story in its entirety at The Athletic. But more details continuing to come out. Our own Grant Paulson dispelling the notion. Uh, we read Jeff Passan's tweet talking about how the major you know, deal breaker for Juan Soto and company was the amount of deferred money in this extension offered by the Nationals. And John Heyman has been on the scene of this thing as well. And he's the one who really was the first to unload and unpack that part uh, of the details, given a few reasons he declined. One is heavy backloading of the deal is tantamount to big deferral. Uh, they look at the $29 million AAV is seen as an old figure. Uh, in light of you know deals like Max Scherzer and, and Mike Trout, things like that. And the other deal breaker that John Heyman is reporting for Juan Soto is huge here. It's huge. The last detail of this thing is he says the team is likely to be sold to an unknown owner. And if you're Juan Soto, put your, put your baseball cap on, pretend like you're the best hitter in the league, Pretend like you're a 23-year-old phenom. Would you want to commit long-term to a franchise that you don't even know who's going to be running the show here? After this is the regime that drafted you and selected you and allowed you to grow and develop here? Let's think about it from Juan Soto's perspective here. If you're Juan Soto, why would you want to stay here in D.C.? Straight up, why why would you want to stay here in D.C. if you're Juan Soto? Yes, the money is nice. Yes, you've won a World Series. I guess those are all pretty good damn reasons. <laughs> you've won the World Series. Your money's nice. But stability and continuity is something that is so huge for an athlete, especially somebody of Juan Soto's age who probably the relationship with ownership 
it's going to be paramount, especially when you're a young cat like this. You're going to grow up with these people, essentially. You know? And I will give the learners credit. And they came out and announced this about a week and a half ago, the extension and the option being picked up for next season for Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez. I think that's the best thing that the Nats have going for them right now is that tandem of Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo. Say what you want about Mike Rizzo and the, the decisions he's made to let guys walk and deal guys. He built this thing from the ground up, and in 19, it culminates with a World Series. So how do you really how do you really argue with anything Mike Rizzo does? He's got some leeway. He's got a pass right now. But Nats fans out there, you know this situation is dire. And they've got to figure this thing out because, as we mentioned earlier, the further this thing goes out, in my opinion, the trade value of Juan Soto is only going to plummet. And right now, who knows how, how high the stock is because by all accounts and by his standards and our standards for him, he's not having that great of a year. He's really cranked things up here in the month of July. But it just hasn't been, hasn't been that great of a year. Hasn't been that great of a year. We'll segue here to the Wizards. Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks, former uh, NBA executive, talking about Bobby Marks and Zach Lowe, host of the Zach Lowe podcast. They were talking about the Washington Wizards, and they had the same damn question I have. What is the direction of the Washington Wizards after signing Bill to this max extension? Take a listen. I just don't know where they're going from here. Um, they they could open up cap space in a couple of summers, but doing so involves no Rui Hachimura, no Kyle Kuzma, maybe KP, Kristaps Porzingis opting out. They have Brad Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, some interesting young players. They just traded for Monty Morris and Will Barton. I would say their starting five next year is Monty Morris, Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, I'll guess Denny Avdia, and then Porzingis with a bench unit of DeLon Wright, Corey Kispert, Rui Hachimura, Will Barton, and Daniel Gafford. And they're capped out going forward. They owe a first-round pick. They owe Bradley Beal a gazillion dollars on a no-trade clause. I just don't know, like, what they're supposed to do now. Where is this team going? What is the future? The future here is, like, they're almost like the Knicks in that they have all these young players that nobody quite knows what to make of. And their only move if they keep Beal, is to somehow compile some of those players and whatever picks they can trade into, ironically, a Damian Lillard or somebody who helps their team, a superstar X. I just don't know if they can win the bidding for that player even against the Knicks, who have way more draft equity. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We've been waiting, we've been waiting for this. Hold on, hold on. I teased it because I hit it before. but I, I dropped it because I hit it so many damn times. Good gracious. Zach Lowe, host of the Low Post podcast, hitting it right on the head, calling the spade a spade when it comes to the Washington Wizards. What the hell is this team going to do moving forward? What a time to be a D.C. sports fan, right? Your baseball team looks like it's about to implode, and your basketball team is self-destructing right in front of our eyes. I mean, he hit on some great points there. They have now, and we've talked about it, and I wanted to play that just so you guys can know, like, that's what everybody's saying about the Wizards, not just me. I'm not just some hater that comes on here and tries to spew negativity about the Washington Wizards. I'm a damn fan. I heard that too many times last week on Twitter. I read it too many times last week on Twitter. 
with you guys coming at me, trying to say I'm being negative. What are we supposed to do? We supposed to let him walk? We should have traded him. Blah, 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 blah. You should have been traded him. This billionaire Ted doing his best impersonation of what they do down there in Ashburn. Moving with no foresight. You knew this day was going to come. And now Bradley Bill's eating up 35% of your cap. We knew this day was coming. We all saw it. And for, to hear it from the national perspective, to hear it from a guy who doesn't cover this team on a day-to-day basis, doesn't have any type of bias instilled in him, doesn't really give a rat's you-know-what one way or another, whether or not this basketball franchise reaches the levels and heights that it did in the 70s ever again. It, Zach Lowe's check ain't getting any slimmer from the success or lack of success from the Wizards. So to hear his perspective and just how blunt and honest he was, it's refreshing. It makes me, for one, selfishly, in my ego, it feeds it because I'm like, huh, well, damn, well, no, you know what you're talking about there, buddy. You're right. Zach Lowe agrees with you. It, it, with this situation, it's kind of hard not to agree. It's kind of hard not to agree. The Wizards have put themselves in a corner and basically are stuck there. They're stuck. And that's why the question was posed. Zach Lowe says he doesn't know what direction the Wizards are going in because what are they going to do? And the point that I really want to hit on and that he mentioned there at the end, the whole notion and idea of Washington being able to pair uh, Rui Hachimura, Danny Kisper, and picks in exchange for a star. Uh, Newsflash, Wizards fans, DC family. Denny Avdia, Corey Kisper, Rui Hachimura, they aren't really viewed that highly across the association. They aren't really viewed as that good of an asset across the NBA. They're just jags. As my guy Grant Paulson likes to say, just the guy. Just the guy. They're not moving the needle. For another franchise. And it was laughable the name that Zach Lowe mentioned. Start off with Damian Lillard. Do you think the Portland Trailblazers would accept the haul back from the Wizards in exchange for Damian Lillard? When you can go out and there are other way better young prospects across this league that you can trade Damian Lillard for if it even got to that point? There's a reason you don't hear the Wizards' names brought up in certain trade discussions. Because it's a no it's no point. It's no point. It's like bringing up Denton when, when, if Rihanna gets, gets single. It's like bringing up Denton as a potential candidate to, to be the new husband or, or, or boyfriend of Rihanna. Well, that's hurtful. But no offense. I think I still have a chance. <laughs> you get the point I'm trying to make, though, bro. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's a reason you're not going to hear Washington talking to Utah about Donovan Mitchell. There's a reason you're not going to hear Washington talking to the Brooklyn Nets about Kevin Durant. There's a reason you're not going to hear Washington talking to the New York Knicks, or excuse me, whoever, whoever. It doesn't even matter. They made me lose my damn train of thought. It doesn't even matter. Washington is in no position to go out and trade these guys for a star. And based on the roster that they've put together, who the hell knows how good they're going to be next year? We got to take a quick timeout. On the other side of this break, I'll play you some more of Zach Lowe. And the Zach Lowe podcast, him and Bobby Marks talking about 
this Washington Wizards team. And I'll take your calls on it, too. MGM National Harbor listener lines wide open, 1-800-636-1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. The question is simple. What is the direction and what's next for your Washington Wizards? I'll let you know what I think on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Listen. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For the fan. I may not ever get another chance to say this, so I just want to get this off my chest. It's Linnell Willingham on 106.7 The Fan. Big time sporting news here in our nation's capital. Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you on The Fan. About two hours left to go. In the show, and we're already hot and heavy here to start the show. Breaking news here in that second segment. Ken Rosenthal, MLB insider for The Athletic. Headline reads, Juan Soto turns down a $440 million deal from the Nationals. And in response to that, the Nats will now entertain trading their 23-year-old Superstar. And it it leads me to think big picture here when it comes to not just the Washington Nationals, but the other sports teams here in town. Especially because we just saw two mega extensions get signed with both our pro football team, talking about Terry McLaurin, and the pro basketball team, talking about Bradley Beal. And Baseball, obviously, a different sport. No no, no true salary cap. It's really just about how much you can afford. I, I try to give the Washington Nationals a little bit of leeway here from a financial standpoint because the, the more and more I think about it, these rumors of them trying to defer so much money in this deal, it's baffling. It, it really is. It's baffling. And I'm trying to think, like, well, why – why would they do that? Why would they not just be up front with the money? The kid's 24 years old. You're going to have him around here for a long damn time. He wants to get paid. Give him a big chunk of it up front. He wants to get his money. He's earned that. But then I look back from a financial standpoint, if you're the Washington Nationals, you got a lot of money tied up in your pitching staff talking about Patrick Corbin and 
Steven Strasburg, two guys that aren't really playing worth a damn for you. Be straight up. So you've now given out that money. Juan Soto seems like he's asking for close to $500 million, or this deal might have done it. Maybe the deferred money is just what's the uphold in this thing, but we don't know. Like I said, we'll continue to get you details on the situation as they become available to us. But from the Washington Nationals standpoint, they were dealt a unfair deck of cards, in my opinion. Hear me out here. They, I, I feel they were dealt a unfair deck of cards. Back in 2019, this team and Mike Rizzo and company, they hit their apex. They, 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 they climaxed. They, they reached that point that everybody in sports is trying to get to. All the hard work of building this thing up. And now, in 19, it ends in a World Series title. Shortly after the World Series title, this country, this country is hit with something that none of us were prepared for. Not in sports, Not in our regular lives, right? And the pandemic happens. And I always use this excuse, I guess you can call it, for the Nationals. They were not able to reap the benefits financially of winning a World Series because of the state that the country was in. And that's no fault of the Washington Nationals. When you win a World Series, when you win a championship, In any professional sports league, your financial value should go up exponentially. Exponentially. You should see major improvements in your revenue. Everything should be going up. You're at your apex. The Nationals didn't get to to reap the benefits of that because of COVID. Not having fans in attendance. For that next season. Losing out on all that money. Losing out on all the merchandise. Losing out on potential events you could have had. That were no longer allowed to be held because of the restrictions around COVID-19. So I I give a little leeway to the Washington Nationals for that. And as we continue to move forward and dissect this situation. Got another report. And and, and multiple other reports now have confirmed this. There's reportedly no deferred money in this Juan Soto contract. So we can breathe a sigh of relief here if we are Washington Nationals fans. Because that was definitely going to be something that had people in a frenzy. That's definitely something that was going to stir the pot amongst this fan base. Wondering, well, why the hell? Are we giving deferred money? So that can be now that that can, that rumor can now be dispelled. That's not the case. But still, look at the situation on his face for what it is. Four hundred forty million dollars, thirty-three million dollars annually was not enough for Juan Soto to re-up here in our nation's capital. Just straight up wasn't. So now you're in a situation where. Well, $29 million annually, excuse me. Now you're in a situation where 
The terms of this thing have gotten out. And now it potentially can get messy here. In a season where the Nationals don't really need any more distractions. They're already god-awful on the baseball diamond. You don't need any off-the-field distractions, so to speak. This is a quote coming in live here hot from Mark Zuckerman, who were who was at Dewan Soto press conference. Soto talking to a group of reporters in the clubhouse here. Asked if he wants to stay in Washington. Juan Soto said, quote, this is the team I've been with since 2015, and I feel good with it. I get to know the city well, and it feels great. Why should I need to change? Interesting comments from Juan Soto, who by all accounts and everything that we've heard so far has just turned down a massive extension from the same team that he's talking about Why would I want to go anywhere? So that's when you really got to peel back the curtain on this thing and talk about the man who I feel is at the center of all of this. That evil man that is Scott Boris. Trying to squeeze all the juice out of the orange here. Because if it is true that Washington offered 15 for 440, first of all, that's $90 million more then the report we got a couple weeks ago saying they only offered 350. So there's that start. That's the way a negotiation works. You're not going to come with your best offer up front. Clearly, they've made sizable increases to this offer for Soto, and it's still not enough to get it done. The big thing I think in all of this that is so interesting to me that maybe people who are smarter than me on the baseball front will hit on home more, the fact that this team is about to be sold, I think, cannot be ignored when we talk about this process in Juan Soto and whether or not he will want to re-up here in our nation's capital. We're going to switch things back to the hoops front on the other side of this break. Our good friend Chase Hughes, Wizards insider for NBC Sports Washington, will join me. He was in Vegas at the Wizards Summer League. We'll get his thoughts on number 10 overall pick, Johnny Davis, and we'll ask him the same question Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks pondered. What's next for this Washington Wizards franchise? After giving Bradley Beal the five-year max. I'll tell you on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Listen to the fan. 33 minutes past the hour here in our nation's capital. And L. Willingham here with you on the fan until 3.35 this afternoon before I pass the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. That's baseball following myself here on the fan. That's building the show for me here. Had to completely rip up the show sheet. Throw everything out the window. You all know the breaking news that we got here in about the second segment of the show. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Headline reads, Juan Soto rejects a $440 million offer from the Nationals. And in response to that, the Nationals will now entertain trading him. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today as our own Grant Paulson here. And Grant... Help us sort through this Juan Soto news here this afternoon. Give us the details on the potential offer that Juan Soto rejected, and where do you think this goes from here? Well, the offer was for 15 years and $440 million, and I can confirm it had no deferments. They made the offer, and he has turned it down. So what does this mean, right? This, to me, means there's nothing they're going to offer Juan Soto that he's going to accept before he hits free agency. He's two and a half years from being a free agent at 23 years old, and the Nationals, who I've beat up on at times for not working early enough, hard enough on trying to sign Trey Turner or Anthony Rendon or Bryce Harper, have made him not only a reasonable offer, but a, a really good offer, frankly. 
You're talking about the biggest offer in the history of baseball. It had been $426.5 million to Mike Trout. Nobody's topped that. Soto at four forty would have blown past that. Here's the issue from the player side, though. Scott Boris would tell you that's not even $30 million a year. There are 15 players in baseball that make over that. And he probably, Boris and Soto, would like the number to be closer to $35 million a year. That's the sweet spot, top of the market. That's Mike Trout. That's Carlos Correa on a short-year deal with the Minnesota Twins. And so I'll bet what they're looking for is something closer to 35 a pop, 15 years. You extrapolate that out, that's $525 million. The Nationals are not going to offer that, and understandably so. No one's ever gotten 430, 440 million. They're not going to offer four and a half, you know, 525 million, two and a half years before you're a free agent. But the fact that they made this offer, remember they'd offered 300 plus in the offseason. He turned that down. I said at that time, you know, that was cute, kind of a pat on the head, adorable little attempt. Let's get real here. This is getting real. You know, this is trying to drag him out to the dance floor, but it takes two to tango. And Scott Boris likes to reset the market. Scott Boris likes to shatter records. And he has an asset here who could break every record in the history of baseball for how much money could be made if he gets to the market. Juan Soto's obviously not born and raised in D.C., doesn't have ties to D.C. I'm sure he likes it just fine. Just bought a place, I believe, in Arlington. But he could get to know Los Angeles or New York or a lot of other places well, and I'm sure he likes the idea of hitting the market and resetting every financial goal and, and record that there is. So I'd say today is the first step, in my opinion, toward the Nationals knowing pretty convincingly that it is unlikely Juan Soto is going to accept a contract offer from them. If you're the Nationals, GP, from the team's perspective, do you even, and you kind of mentioned it, do you think that they they give him another offer to where it, it gets anywhere near, and it might not meet the exact number he's looking for, do you think the negotiations continue here, or are they now in let's shop Juan Soto mode? Well, I would up the offer again. I would. I, I, I have a sweet spot for Juan Soto in my heart, like I do for cookies and brownies, and I just can't <laughs> help myself, so. I'm going to offer him probably 450, 460. I'll get up over. They don't like that that number starts with the two at 29.3. Okay, I'll get into the low 30s. What I'm not going to do in a sport where 10-year, $240 million contracts went bad. Now, that was mostly for players in their upper 20s and 30. He's obviously 23. I'm not going to lock in 15 and 525 right now for Juan Soto. I just can't do that. I mean, he's going to be playing first base or DH you know, two-thirds of the way through that contract, I think that gets really, really difficult. So there's a sweet spot. There's probably one more offer they could make if they want to. My guess is they have a pretty good feel right now that he wants to go to the market. And remember, they have a bad farm system for the most part. They have yeah. a pretty thin group of minor league players. They have to rebuild this organization. They're trying to do that. It might take a long time. But one way that overnight, and I'm not advocating for this because I love Soto and my goal would be he plays for the Nationals forever, and he goes to the Hall of Fame with the curly W on his hat. But if they were to trade him, well, now what we're talking about here is a package of four or five of the best prospects in the system. You know, three elite blue-chip talents and another two guys in the top ten from a good system in baseball. Here is where this is borderline impossible to pull off. The only team that would trade for him, in my opinion, is one of the big market clubs who could pay him. There's only a handful of those. Then of those, you have to pick through and find who's got a good enough system to entice you with blue-chip prospects. So now your pool of teams you could possibly trade them to is really minuscule. You know, would a team like the Dodgers blow up their entire system for two and a half years of Soto? Yeah. Would a team like the Yankees or the Red Sox do that? I don't think so. Here's why. 
yes, you get Soto, and yes, you try to go win a World Series. You're talking about not knowing if he's going to resign. It's it's a, a rental for. I don't think they're going to do it right now. For the record, if they got two and a half years of him, maybe they pull it off. I think it's this off season at the earliest, probably a year from now, year and a half rental. You're talking about a team essentially undoing years of building their system up and going from one of the better systems to a middle of the pack or worse system to rent Soto for a season and a half or two seasons. It's just a hard sweet spot, man. It's a tough needle to thread. And I think finding a dance partner here is going to be really, really difficult. The Rosenthal report today you've been talking about, buddy, Rosenthal is saying they're going to start looking into trades. And I'm sure that's what they'll do. I just, I'd be shocked if he got traded this season. I'd be surprised if he got traded this off season, but the chances are higher. I think the sweet spot is a year from now. But GP on the other side of that token, as you get closer to to, to where he, he he's about to enter free agency, doesn't his value, I guess, go down because you're you're now going to have less control of him if you're the team trading for him. And like you mentioned, the possibility of it just being a rental if it's not one of these big yeah. market teams. Yeah, every day closer to free agency, his value goes down. So theoretically, you're getting less back. But my point on that is that teams. Might not. I just talked to someone within you know, the last hour after this broke about like what a deal would look like for a certain team, and they're plugged in the baseball person with the club, and, and they said something along the lines of like what it would take from the Dodgers. They're not going to give you right. <laughs> and right now, it would because he's two and a half years from free agency. There's no precedent of a player of this caliber with this much control left being traded. It's never happened before for a reason. Because the amount you have to give up for two and a half years of Soto dominating is otherworldly. And I just don't see teams doing that. To your point, if you wait a year, you get less back. But that gets you into more of what is a plausible, realistic return. You know, whereas if you trade them next year at this time, I could see you getting, I'm just talking, you know, guessing, spitballing, but like the top three prospects in a system or something crazy for like a year and a half of Juan Soto. Yeah. I don't know how much more better than that you could do now. And if you're not, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, from from, from an organizational standpoint here, how much does the, does, does the pending sale of this of this baseball team have to do with this deal? And whether a good question. I think it complicates it for sure. I really do, Linnell. I think that the fact that we don't know who the owners are going to be in the future is a complicating factor. However, the learners aren't okaying this. Mike Rizzo and his staff aren't putting together the offer if they aren't also running this by potential buyers, right? Right. Clearly, and I think there was a report from Barry Sferluga in the Post who does a great job covering this, but there was a report recently, something along the lines of all of the potential buyers for the Nationals, like the Nationals more with Soto on the team than not. Of course. (laughs) So I'd imagine, you know, not only is it an asset that adds to the value of the club, you get more if he's with you than after you trade him, let's say. But I'd imagine they've talked to these owners and they say, okay, what are you willing to go? Now, if you're buying this team, what contract do you want to inherit for Juan Soto? The part that I'm really interested in is if you were to trade him, I think that is a blow to selling this team and to what you could get back. So I I would just be curious if I don't think you could sell him. If, If you are about to buy the Nationals, and they sell him without asking you, that would be egregious. I just have a hard time believing <laughs> that that would be the case. That, that would cost a lot of beef. Things would definitely get unchy if that was But what have we talked about? Yeah. We, yeah, it, totally, right? But we've talked about a team that's, that hasn't done. Oh, 
Look like GP's behind, right? Here with a little bit. You there? Uh, sorry, I'm in the parking lot at Dodger Stadium. Can you hear me? <laughs> well, all right, big time. GP peeling back the curtain. Tell us what are you, what are you doing out there, by the way, buddy? Yeah, that's okay. I'm gonna be working the futures game today, man. I'm, I'm, we're actually driving over right now. I'm, I'm hanging no out way. with my uh, SiriusXM crew, so we're, we've got the futures game NL AL dugouts today. So I'll be in the National League dugout doing reporting during the uh, minor league All Star game. Silly, silly. Get a get a chance to look at some of these prospects that could be coming back in return, right? That's right. I love it. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Unfortunately, Kate Cavalli, Nat's top arm, won't be here because of the blister issue he had last week. They've got two players here, Dusty Baker's son, Darren, who's an A-plus ball at Wilmington, uh, has a couple home runs and, and 10 steals on the season. Not much of a prospect, but a really good story. And then a guy who's pitched really well for them, Jose Ferrer, who's a 22-year-old lefty who just got, uh, you know, just dominant numbers this year in A-plus ball. will be in double-A very soon. Yeah. Left-hander, throws 97, can touch 99, has got a good cutter, a little bit of a slide piece, change-up. Uh, he's going to be on display today, too. He got added to the roster for Cavalli, and I've never seen him in person yet. He's got big strikeout numbers, 28 appearances in the minors this year. He's been really good, so I'm looking forward to seeing him, too. GP going to be a kid in the candy shop. Hey, I want to let you go on this. So Bob Nightingale just, just tweeted this out, and there have been conflicting reports out there the entire time about this thing and whether or not deferred money was a part of this. This, this is from Nightingale. He says, the Soto 15-year, $440 million contract was heavily backloaded the last six years, reducing the overall value. The biggest reason for rejecting the offer was that the 29.3 annual average value ranks only 20th now, and that pales in comparison to Max Scherzer's contract. For the baseball people out there, baseball for dummies, explain how big of a deal it is and how much of a deal-breaker it could be with potential heavily backloaded contract. Like, What would that do from a negotiating standpoint? Well, here's why Soto and, and I guess in turn Scott Boris don't like it is the, there is no cap, quote unquote, in baseball. There's a luxury tax threshold, obviously, and a budget with which teams operate. But if it's a backloaded offer, if that's what Bob Nightingale's saying, basically, right now those numbers are lower and they're going to grow on the back end. But Soto knows that the sport is growing, right? This billion-dollar entity, that these thresholds are growing. So if you're com- telling someone you'll pay him, and I'm just picking a number, but 48 or $50 million in 10 years, well, in 10 years, there might be 12 players that make that much money. You know, right now, there's no one that makes 44. And so not unlike $5 for gas <laughs> right now as opposed to several years ago, I mean, the, the money's just going to be different at that time than it is right now. And so, you know, you want to account for that and bake that in if you're trying to put this contract together. Yeah. Good stuff as always, GP. Enjoy yourself out there in L.A., my man. Thank you, Linnell. Be well, buddy. That's our own Grant Paulson joining me on the BetQL Guest Hotline, talking all things Juan Soto here. And GP hit on a couple interesting details there. This thing is going to get real tricky Uh, For both parties involved, talking about Scott Boris and the Washington Nationals. And something I want to talk about on the other side of this break, from an ownership standpoint here, we've now got our three major professional sports teams here in town. I'm not going to count hockey because Ted Leonsis owns both. NBA, NFL, and MLB. With these three owners that we have here in town, all of them have shown in one way or another, the inability to negotiate properly. And I want to ask you guys this. If the learners and Mike Rizzo weren't doing this. 
Chris Linnell Willingham. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 1067 the fan. Boy, oh boy. Busy, busy, busy Saturday here in our nation's capital. Big thanks to Grant Paulson hopping on with me. Last minute here, talking about the Washington Nationals and the big news here of the afternoon, Juan Soto rejecting the Nationals' latest offer of 15 years, 440 M's. Ooh, that's big boy money getting thrown around here in our nation's capital. And situation that talking to everybody and reading all the tweets, it's a sticky situation. Uh, for the Nationals, and nobody seems to really have a good grip on exactly where we are with this thing and what could be the potential end result of all of this. Grant Paulson uh, made some very astute points in his appointment there with us uh, a few minutes ago. One of the big things that, that, that caught my attention was the potential haul that can come back for Juan Soto. And he talked about getting the top three guys in somebody else's farm system. And, and it's so interesting to me because, like, that's not even enough for me. I need guys that are ready to come in here and contribute right now and help my ball club right now. Because we've seen the potential downside of trading a proven commodity for prospects. What if the big leagues are too much for some of these prospects? There's no guarantee that these prospects that we get back, I don't care how high they're ranked in somebody else's farm system, there's no guarantee that the return of guys you're going to get back for this 24-year-old phenom, there's no way in hell it's going to be close in value. The last call I got on here and was trying to sell me on Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray was supposed to be the big piece in the trade we made last offseason. I mean, last trade deadline. Josiah Gray's been hit or miss this year, pretty much, in his first start, his first full year as a starter for the Nats. And when you trade away what you traded to get Josiah Gray, damn it, he better be at least my second or third best starter for, for, the, for, the, for the deal that he was included in. And right now, the way it looks like, is Josiah Gray your second or third best starter? We don't know. We've seen really good stuff from the kid. And we've also 
seeing him look completely shell-shocked like we did in his last outing, showing just zero control. He's young, still got a ways to go. And we still got a ways to go left in this program. Top of the hour, Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington, will join me. We'll switch things back over to the hardwood. He was out in Vegas at Wizards Summer League. He'll talk to us about that. Before we get to Chase, I want to take some of your calls here, though, on this Juan Soto stuff. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Let's go to Daryl in D.C. who wants to give his take here on some of this Juan Soto stuff. What's going on, my man? Hey, thanks for taking my call, sir. I appreciate yes, sir. it. I just had a comment and a question. Uh, I caught the tail end of the segment with uh, Grant Paulson, I think. He, he's saying there's a farm system that wouldn't have enough stock. The problem is we have a Corbin and a Strasburg contract. They're two of the worst in baseball. Yep. So if somebody could take that, that would make a significant difference. <laughs> I, look, now that you bring that up, that's an astute point. And, and I may sound crazy for saying this, man. If I'm trading Soto, you got to take one of those contracts off my books. Do you yeah, agree with me on 100% that? 100% agree with you. Uh, 100%. Yep. Yep, I appreciate your call. My, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, the other question was, uh, you know, do you think if they don't do that, what will, you know, you're talking about Gray just now. Like, he does not look like a stud to me. Uh, he may turn out to be all right, but you got to make sure these are stud prospects. And yeah. For me, that's like, I, I think of the Dodgers or maybe the Padres system, and that's about it. Yeah, there, there, there's some good minor league systems out there. And you mentioned, I know a lot of people uh, within the league are very high on the Dodgers system. And, I, I assume seeming these two franchises have done business with each other in the past. I, I, I think maybe because of relationships, you might be able to squeeze a little bit more out of the Dodgers and their system. But, you know, it, it, it's going to be an interesting situation moving forward regardless. And I hit on it, and I'll continue to take this stance until I'm proven otherwise. When you're making these trades in Major League Baseball, trading these proven commodities for, for for guys in somebody else's farm system. Look, I, I'm not a big fan of it because of all the reasons I just mentioned. These are no guaranteed things. And for a franchise and organization that has pretty much been rebuilding since 2019 and dealing Juan Soto is going to do nothing but set that rebuild back, you can't afford to take three and four seasons to develop guys and wait on guys to develop especially with new ownership coming in here. I just don't think you got that type of time. We don't got that type of time left here in this segment. Got to take a quick time out. On the other side of this break, NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes joins us. You don't want to miss it. Ride with me. Listen to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 